Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino. I am your host. Thanks for joining me today. Fides is Latin for truth, and that's our complete focus is the truth on this podcast. Uh, the music you're listening to is my friend Frank Camp. Uh, this song is called Heaven Can Wait. You can find it on Spotify. It's great stuff with lots of great music. Uh, but let's get into this episode of Fides Podcast. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I am your host. Again, you could uh, reach me at uh, jerry at fidespodcast.com, jerry at fidespodcast.com. As you'll notice, if you're a frequent listener of my podcast, you'll notice that I do a lot of issues on the issue of life. Um, It's not primarily the show about uh, abortion or about the life issues, but it is uh, since we are dealing with the truth, obviously uh, abortion is the most important issue that we face in our society, not just in the United States, but also throughout the world. Um, I had the opportunity to connect with um, my guest here today, um, John Byrne. John is from the Irish Pro-Life USA organization that he started. And um, I asked him to come on and talk about what he's doing here in the United States and to talk about and inform um, my guests about uh, the abortion issue in Ireland. So John, welcome. Hey, Jerry, thank you for having me on your show. It's great. Hope you're having a good Christmas. Absolutely. And I love the flags. Um, As John had noted to me, he's got the Irish and the American flag because he is a a United States citizen and uh, but but of course loves and is proud of his Irish background. I have my Gaelic GAA hat on too. Awesome. And well, you got to show the Guinness glass too. Okay, here that's, you go. that's good. Here you go. That's good. Here's the Guinness glass right. here. Well, I've, I've tea in it, Jerry. I have tea and uh, okay. coffee sometimes. Okay. N- nothing wrong with that. All right. So, so John, you know, tell us about your group, the Irish Pro-Life USA group. You founded it. Tell us about the history of it. What made you start it and what, what you guys are doing. I understand you guys had a great uh, um, um, seminar or, or conference recently online. Uh, so just tell us all about your group. Well, we sort of emerged by uh, spontaneous combustion or something like that. Uh, We arose as events in Ireland turned against the life values, Um, primarily the pro-life issue. And I guess for the last 40 years, um, change had been slowly afoot in Ireland. Ireland went from being the strongest pro-life country on earth by some measures and uh, offered extraordinary protections for the unborn to one of the most dangerous places on earth for the unborn. And uh, several years ago, attempts uh, started to be made to unravel and to tear apart the constitutional protections for the unborn. That was the Eighth Amendment. And um, I say go back 40 years because there were all kinds of pressures, subtle and not so subtle, to introduce abortion and all failed miserably um, during most of that period because 
strong majorities, overwhelming majorities through the decades, the recent decades, voted to protect the unborn. And that came to a head with the introduction of the Eighth Amendment to the Irish Constitution um, in recent times. As I said, uh, the pressures came about to remove the Eighth Amendment. There were other pressures prior to that. And if we want to take a, a critical turning point, we could look to the financial crisis that occurred in Ireland about 10 years ago, when all economic hell broke loose. Uh, many people lost their jobs. Many people lost their homes. Many people were bankrupted and many people emigrated from Ireland. And it reminds you of that old saw, never, never take advantage of a crisis or let, never, mm -hmm. never let a, a crisis go. Uh, it's a great opportunity for yep. those who want to create development. We've seen that through history, Russian revolutions, French revolutions, and maybe the what happened 10 years ago was the equivalent, the Irish revolution. And so a lot of the um, left-leaning forces in Ireland became extremely left-leaning and started to promote their extremely social liberal agenda and started voicing the idea of liberalizing abortion in Ireland. And so that was the... Um, where the groundswell ultimately started. Um, they introduced a so-called citizens assembly in Ireland, the government of the day. And that was giving a remit to look at a host of issues, not just abortion, but sort of a weird uh, amalgam of issues, abortion, climate change, um, social justice issues, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And that came about in the wake of the um, uh, financial crisis, which, of course, uh, led to ele the election of a lot of left-leaning forces and the hardening of left-leaning populist ideology. The uh, Citizens' Assembly in Ireland um, proposed that Ireland uh, legalise abortion. And then it was handed on to various committees in the Irish Parliament. And the, um, there was debates on both sides. The parties that we highly expected to stand by their pro-life commitments, uh, Fine Gael, Fine Fáil, and some other independents, abandoned uh, their strong support of the pro-life uh, cause and then many of the parties left it up to individual members um, to, to take their own positions on it. Uh, Fianna Fáil sadly uh, came out, the leader of Fianna Fáil says, I am taking uh, the, the, the repeal the Eighth Amendment side and the Eighth Amendment went up, went out for referendum. And it, it was a sort of an odd choice that was given to the Irish people. They 
were told to either repeal or retain the Eighth Amendment. And those on the repeal side, you voted yes for repeal. And yes has a very positive sounding connotation to repeal, to lift the yoke of, of the so-called yoke yeah. um, of, of abortion, or you voted to retain. And it was a one-sided campaign. Uh, the repeal side were heavily funded, heavily funded uh, by money from abroad and in America. And the uh, retained side, uh, you know, were, were out-marketed and out-funded and ultimately uh, repeal passed by 66% to 33% to retain. Um, that, that said, at least 700, over 700,000 Irish voters voted to retain the Eighth Amendment. Mm -hmm. But the odd um, thing about it was uh, many of these same voters who voted to repeal later told pollsters that they actually only voted for repeal for a light liberalizing of abortion, not for um, not for a um, draconian, um, dangerous um, and a sinister abortion on the demand regime. And that's what the Irish voters got. They wanted, um, you know, that women in pregnant uh, in crisis pregnancies had some kind of a choice in some cases, but ultimately what most of them or many of them really voted for was on the so-called hard choices um, uh, where a mother's life might've been threatened. They didn't vote for wholesale abortion on demand. And I think that even that point to me anyway, looking at the data, was reinforced by the most recent general election results uh, this year in January, where many of the most vocal, most vocal proponents of abortion in Ireland got swept out of office. Mm -hmm. And those, and many of those, and all those uh, lawmakers who had voted um, who had voted against abortion, the subsequent abortion legislation that came in the wake of the Eighth Amendment, they got swept back into power, uh, despite what some of the early cynics said. And many of them got returned to their seats in Dáil Éireann with very large majorities. So, so just to interrupt you there real, real quick on, on that, do you think that um, the the fact that people were the, the pro abortionists were swept out, and uh, and and the pro lifers were were brought back in. Do you think that that was based upon you know re the regret, or do you think do you think that the the base the pro life base got jazzed up when they saw what was happening? Is there a sense of that? I think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. um, many of the um, pro-life candidates are very good constituency workers. Um, it's worth noting that Father Tobin had a huge return in the poll in Mead. He was the keynote speaker at our recent webinar, which will be released as a video very soon. Um, and he's is strongly pro-life, but he's also has a more universal agenda of all the life issues and social issues. And he left 
his old party, Sinn Féin, to set up N2, the fastest growing political party and the only pro-life party in Ireland. Um, there is strong evidence also that there was um, a pro-life wave of sorts in Ireland because I looked at some of the data subsequently and there were a lot of transfer votes to those candidates from other pro-life candidates. Um, I know in Loud, uh, the, although it was a small transfer, uh, an independent pro-lifers votes transferred to Peter Fitzpatrick TD, who left Fine Gael, and another candidate's pro-life votes transferred too. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of examples of that throughout Ireland. So I believe there is a huge pro-life constituency in Ireland. It just needs uh, moral, financial, and international recognition and support. And it needs um, all the prayers we can give. And they are doing extraordinary work. Just to give you one example, um, into um, a solidly pro-life party led by Father Tobin, who left Fine Gael, an extremely articulate politician and lawmaker, extremely bright, they, in the last general election, almost broke the 2% barrier, which would have given them major funding by the state mm -hmm. and put them on a par with Sinn Féin in its early days. Sinn Féin, when it moved into politics in the south of Ireland, started off at a 2% base. Now it is on the verge of holding power uh, based on its most recent um, results in the last uh, uh, general election. And... Um, also in recent polling, uh, Aintu uh, had a huge surge in support, which would put it over the 2%, maybe in the region of uh, 4%. So I think there's a strong likelihood of uh, Aintu having several seats in the Dáil and a slew, a slew of councillors throughout Ireland, north and south. Uh, because they are expressing a dynamic vision of Ireland of the future. Now, they're not the only pro-life game in Ireland. There are other pro-life candidates and maybe other pro-life parties will emerge. So I, I, I don't have a question because, you know, what was so interesting about having you on is because, you know, we don't here in the U.S., we don't know about other countries and, and in particular here, Ireland and in, in all sorts of areas. So it was interesting to hear all that you said about, um, you know, the financial crisis, because so much of what you said sounds very familiar to the United States here. Um, one of the problems in the United States, in my opinion, is the media. Here in the United States, the media is extremely, extremely left-leaning, uh, not even to say left-leaning, they're, they're not even media anymore. Um, they cover things up, they ignore things, they put a positive spin on things, they overwhelmingly uh, criticize, you know, the conservative side and in the like. Uh, what's the media like in Ireland? Um, <clears throat> I have to acknowledge I've been away from Ireland for quite a few years, but mm. I go back on regular visits. I am a U.S. and Irish citizen. I'm also a media person. Mm -hmm. And Jerry, just let me get a plug. I want to have you on yeah. my podcast soon. But yeah. um, it's a very concentrated media market in Ireland. And it's uh, controlled by maybe four or five major companies. And according to Pat Tobin's data, 
I found it interesting. There are about a thousand active journalists in Ireland and there's a lot of groupthink within the Irish media. So if you're mm. outside that groupthink, you're ostracized or you're a bad person. And it's um, very socially liberal, very pro-abortion. That is not to say there's not a lot of very strong, exemplary pro-life media um, journalists out there. But if you want to succeed in a lot of these media organizations, um, you've got to fall in line if that's mm -hmm. the price of your soul. Right. I hope it's not. Um, fortunately, there are, some there are some alternatives emerging to um, Ireland's, uh, the, mid uh, the liberal leaning media in Ireland, not to say that there's not conservative elements in it. Grip Media, for example, um, is one of the, uh, is a very large and successful media platform, and it covers a broad range of issues uh, <clears throat> in a realistic way, in ways that you won't find on Irish media websites or print media or on television. They have extraordinary guests. They have extraordinary writers and content. I'm also a contributor, but regardless of that, mm -hmm. um, it's grow. I've noticed they have a Facebook page, they have a website, um, and, and it just amazes me, the energy of that site. And it's provocative, mm -hmm. but it gets both sides of the story. Yeah. No, that, that's great. It's, it's great. And I love, again, I love hearing about uh, other other countries that we're not as familiar or comfortable with as far as the politics and what goes on there. Um, and as I mentioned early on, uh, I'm part Irish, not not all Irish, but uh, certainly that adds to my my interest and desire for knowing what's going on in Ireland and a uh, huge curiosity. So, well, so I, I want to kind of conclude with, um, you know, John, just allowing you to uh, talk about again further how your all, all the groups and organizations that you're a part of and how people can find you and help out, um, not just here in the United States, but in Ireland, because, you know, look, we're all interrelated and we want those of us that are pro-life here in the United States, we want other countries to be. And you did also mention that the pro-abortion side or, you know, the repeat, those that supported the repealing the Eighth Amendment in Ireland were supported by a lot of outside money, meaning outside of Ireland. So United States influencers and so on. So, you know, we want to help each other. So I'll give you as much time as you need to just, you know, tell me how people can find you, reach you, support you and in the groups that you're a part of. Oh, thanks, Jerry. Uh, I want to sign you up as a member of Irish Pro-Life USA. You don't have to be Irish to be a <laughs> member. You're half Irish anyway, Jerry. Yeah. And Irish and Italian go back a long ways here. Um, uh, I can be found on Twitter. Uh, I use the long name John Aiden Byrne. I'm on. I have my own Twitter account, but uh, the uh, we're also on Twitter as Irish Pro Life USA. We're on Facebook at Irish Pro Life USA. They can get us. Uh, email me um, Irish Pro Life USA at yahoo.com. They can text us at nine seven three. Five two nine four six nine nine five two nine four six nine nine. Um, we're going to have our website up uh, soon. We're working on that. Great. So it's Irish Pro Life USA on Facebook. Um, I just want to note that there are 
I know the numbers vary, but uh, maybe 70 million people of Irish ancestry worldwide. And the Irish government in recent years has, has done um, a lot of outreach to the Irish diaspora and recently published a very fat document on how it's going to deepen the bonds between the Irish diaspora in America and worldwide. And there are uh, quite a lot of Americans who have US citizenship. So that gives you mm-hmm. a flavor of you know, the connections, the, if one of the um, great Irish statesmen of all times, Eamon de Valera, um, was uh, born in New, in New York City. And the legend is that he avoided execution um, at 1916 at the, after the rising and so on. Um, and in the uh, subsequent upheavals mm-hmm. um, because he ha- had US citizenship. Um, we need help to grow as an organization. We need practical skills. We need social media skills. We need the backing of uh, business people. Um, we need volunteers. We need good organizers in all the major cities. This might seem out of the box, Jerry, mm-hmm. but we'd love to set up a chapter in Silicon Valley because a lot of things that are happening in the world today are happening in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. I do believe there are a lot of uh, pro-lifers and conservatives in Silicon Valley. I know one very prominent conservative who works in social media and he is based in Silicon Valley. I don't know if he would step forward, but we need them. Mm-hmm. They can call us, DM, DM us privately. We know what's going on in social media and how Parler has taken off in the wake of some of the censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention that we will be posting the uh, edited version, it's most of it basically, mm-hmm. of our Global Leadership Forum, which we held in December. We had Pater Tobin, leader of Vain2, he was the keynote speaker. We had Daniel J. O'Connell, he's the national president of the Ancient Order of Hibernians. We had Catherine Glenn Foster, uh, president and CEO of Americans United for Life. Here in New York City, we had Chris Slattery, founder and president of EMC Frontline Pregnancy Centers in the Bronx. And we had Father Stephen Imbarato. He's known as the protest priest, uh, also at Red Rose Rescues. And um, they can reach us through any of that social media. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to growing our organization. I thank you, Jerry, for all you're doing. I know you are committed pro-lifer. And I think your podcast is wonderful. I listened to your interview with Avida King, your okay. interview with Elvida King um, and with Father Frank Pavone. A little side story. We had Elvida King up here in my in our parish in St. Cecilia's in Rockaway, New Jersey, several years ago. She was one of our speakers. I, um, Me and my wife, we, we picked her up in Camden where she was speaking to various schools. And Camden, as you know, is... Um, a neighborhood that has a lot of social problems, but she lifted the spirit of people there mm-hmm. and she promoted the pro-life message. And we've got to get into those, um, we've got to get into those neighborhoods which have been sold a terrible bill of lies. Pro-life is the only way to go. We know that, um, as Alvida will have told you, that there's a high abortion rate in the black community yep. and that's got to stop. Uh, you know, there's, there, there, is, there is a better answer for the black community um and we know that uh, the irish community is there to help everyone 
And um, I just got to mention this, that uh, our data shows that the vast majority of Irish Americans are now pro-life and the Irish government got to hear that. And that includes uh, first generation Irish, Irish Americans, Irish Italians, mm-hmm. uh, Irish who've got off the boat and uh, we're going to make our presence felt. And that's the other thing I got to say that um, the Irish, you got to preserve the best of our culture and don't let it be stolen from you. Don't let the forces and the culture of death take it. We need to preserve and enhance. And that, and that can happen in many ways, big and small. We've got to be proud to parade in our St. Patrick's Day parades with pro-life banners and upheld, uphold the sanctity and dignity of life. We've got to be able to march into St. Patrick's Day parade in New York with our banners. We actually had to protest on the sidelines mm. of the New York St. Patrick's Day parade a couple of years ago. We had hundreds showed up, Hibernians for life. And um, I, I guess we'll have to continue doing that until they let us march, but we will march. And Jerry, that's about my pitch. I yeah. pray for your podcast and all the work you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, all the work you're doing, I, I would highly encourage everybody to, uh, all you really need to do is go to either Facebook or even you could just uh, do a search for Irish, Irish pro-life USA um, and find, uh, find all this. And if you, you know, you, you uh, like, and, and, become a part of uh, the the Facebook page, you, you'll end up being notified of the the release of the seminar, the conference that uh, John had mentioned, and see some of those great speakers um, that are doing some great work here uh, in the United States and, and, and sort of as friends of the Irish uh, in the United States uh, in bringing about uh, the, a culture, as you said, a culture of life in, in the whole world, not just the United States and not just for Irish people or Italian people or whatever nationality you are. It's for everybody. Um, but we're coming together. So, John, this is great. I'm going to um, when I release this episode, I'll, I'll, re- I'll post all of your uh, your, your site. And so people can easily access it. And, um, I also post these on, on YouTube so people can see what you look like and see those great flags in the background. And, um, John, thanks for coming on. Thank you, uh, this has been fantastic. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you too. And thanks for listening to another edition of Fides podcast. Uh, again, thanks to John Aiden Byrne of Irish pro-life USA for coming on. Uh, this was a great episode and great information, Uh, from someone doing great work. Uh, Enjoy uh, your day and uh, listen to the next episode. Thank you.